you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you speak to us. Thank you that you speak to us through your words. We thank you for uh, this chance to gather together today. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would uh, be at work in our hearts, convicting us, challenging us. I speak through me, Lord, uh, for your glory and for our joy, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning, uh, City on a Hill. It's great to be here uh, today. Uh, my name is Dave, if I haven't met you before, and I uh, serve as, as one of the pastors here in Geelong. And uh, about a year or so ago, uh, my wife and I, we bought our first home. And uh, so too begun all of our home projects. And uh, one of those projects uh, was to landscape our backyard. And uh, no small job. Uh, but we, uh, when we moved in, our, our backyard was kind of overrun and overgrown. It was a jungle. It had plants such as aloes and cactuses and, and palm trees and yakas. Yakas. Look, I'm sorry if you like yak- yakas, but they are uh, these lethal plants, uh, not very kid-friendly, and uh, the, the garden was just not really our thing. Uh, so we decided, hey, we want to clear the backyard, and the best way to do this is Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Facebook Marketplace. So my wife, she put up our plants on, online and started selling them. Uh, we had people from all over Geelong and Melbourne come to our place to buy our plants. And uh, we had excavators come in and people digging out trees and stumps and leaving our backyard a mess and a dirt mound. And our lovely, lush, albeit overgrown backyard was now a rubbish dump. It was a rubbish dump. But slowly, we started making some progress. We started rebuilding things. We got a new fence. We got a skip bin to get rid of a whole bunch of uh, the, the trees and, and stumps. We, we started pulling out weeds. We started laying down compost and mulch. And then finally, uh, just recently, we began planting again. You see, gardening is hard work. <laughs> it takes time and it takes patience. Well, today we're starting a new series called The Vine, The Trellis, and The Crow. And uh, as we journey through this together over the next seven weeks or so, we're going to discover what it looks like to, to truly flourish in Christ to flourish in our relationship with Jesus. And our our hope and our prayer for this teaching series is that you would be inspired to do that. We hope that it will be a very practical series for you. As you are reminded of your identity in Christ, as you begin practicing uh, or, or implementing the practices of Jesus, as you grow and bear fruit in your life, as you mature as disciples of Christ and encounter joy in Him. Well, today 
We're starting off the series by looking at John 15 together. And this picture that Jesus gives us of a vine. So I've got three parts for us to look at today. Part one, the vine. Part two, the trellis. And part three, the crow. So let's look at part one together, the vine. So turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 15, uh, verse 1. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine. Stop there for a second. I am the true vine. Jesus says that he is the true vine. And those who are familiar with John's gospel might recall the I am statements. And this is the last of the I am statements in in John's gospel, where, where Jesus is alluding back to this encounter that Moses has with God, where God meets Moses and he reveals his name to him as Yahweh. He says, I am who I am. And Jesus here is saying that I am God. I am God, and and what's more, I am the true vine. Now, what what is the true vine? Well, those who were listening to Jesus might recall various scriptures throughout the Old Testament. One of those, for example, is Psalm 80, verse 8. The psalmist writes, You brought a vine out of Egypt. You drove out the nations, and you planted it. You see, in the the Old Testament, Israel was the vine. And here Jesus is saying, I am the vine. I am the true and the better vine, the one to whom Israel has pointed all these years. And what's more, he, he, he calls them to abide in him. To abide in him. Look at verses four to five. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Jesus says that that he is the vine, and and we, God's people, those who who believe in Jesus and and call themselves a Christian, they are the branches. So abide in Jesus. Him. What does that mean to abide in Him? The word that that John uses here in the gospel simply just means to remain or or, or to stay. And if you think about the metaphor for a second, a, a, a branch is connected to the trunk, which is then connected to the roots. And that's where the water and the nutrients are absorbed so that the, the plant can, can uh, bear fruit, it can thrive, it can grow, it can flourish. And Jesus here is saying, remain in me, be connected to me, I will sustain you, I will feed you, I will help you bear fruit and to flourish. So stay connected to me, stay joined to me, abide in me. Did you notice Jesus also says that he abides in us? He abides in us. And this doctrine is, is known as 
Union with Christ. Union with Christ. That those who believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior of their lives, who, who call themselves a Christian, who've received the Holy Spirit, He dwells in you. He abides in you. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then be reminded of this, that God dwells in you. He abides in you. And before the foundation of the world, He elected you. He, he predestined for you to be a branch on the vine, to be united to Him, to be connected to Him. That should give you great comfort and joy in your salvation that you are connected to Jesus. But Jesus doesn't just call us to abide in him. He calls us to bear fruit. If you look at verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. What's, what does Jesus mean when he says bear fruit? Well, there's, there's countless ex references to, to bearing fruit throughout the New Testament. Uh, for example, in Philippians and Hebrews, there's the fruit of righteousness. Or in Matthew and Luke's gospel, the fruit of repentance. Or in John's gospel, the fruit of eternal life. In Colossians, the fruit of good works. In, in uh, Romans, the fruit of sanctification. In Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit. And if we just focus on, on that last one for a second, Galatians 5, 22 to 23, it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is fruit by the power of the Holy Spirit abiding in us, we can produce this type of fruit. This is good fruit. And you may have heard in the reading that Jesus says later on in verse 8 that the Father will be glorified when you bear this type of fruit. And what's more, in verse 11, he says that bearing fruit is for our joy. It's for our joy. You see, the more Christ-like we become, the more it displays God's glory. The more Christ-like we become, the more we experience and encounter His joy in us. A deep and intimate joy. So take a moment to reflect on your own life. What is bearing fruit look like? Are you bearing fruit in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are you abiding in Jesus? Are you connected to the vine? You see, this is the vision for this teaching series that we're going to be journeying through. We want to see you flourishing in Christ. And those who flourish in Christ are connected to Christ, are bearing fruit 
everlasting and eternal fruit, filling, uh, living a life full of joy as they encounter being united to Him. So do you abide in Christ? This leads to part two, the trellis. The trellis. I love visiting wineries, and we've got so many wineries down this way, uh, which have such beautiful views. And if you enter into a, a, a winery, you'll see the vineyard, and behind every grape, and behind every glass of red or white wine is a trellis. A trellis. There's going to be structures and support that, that help the, the vine to, to grow and to flourish. And this is the heart of the teaching series uh, that we'll be journeying through over the next six weeks. We're going to look at what it, does a trellis look like in our own lives. And we'll be exploring uh, what's called a, a rule of life throughout cr- Christian history. And Andrew next week is going to unpack that further and, and help us uh, to grasp that vision and, and start to think practically in our own lives, how do we build a trellis? But for now, I want to keep our attention on John 15. And you may have noticed in verse 1, we, we uh, glanced over another character in the narrative. And who is this other character, it is the vine dresser. And what does the vine dresser do? He prunes. He prunes. Let's look at verses 2 and 3. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. See, any gardener knows that a vital part of gardening is pruning. It's pruning. And if you think about a vine for a second, uh, I believe that if you cut off the offshoots on a vine and the dead branches, you're putting energy, you're helping the plants put energy into the flowers so that it bears fruit and grows. Now, I'm no expert in this, so I thought I'm going to look up and ask uh, ChatGPT for some guidance here. So I, I looked up what, it, what happens if you don't prune a vine. And there was five uh, tips that they gave me, uh, which are on the screen. I won't read the descriptions, but just the five points. Reduced fruit quality, decreased yield, increased disease susceptibility, difficulty in vine management, and long-term vine health issues. You see, an overgrown vine does not produce a good crop. The grapes, they'll taste bad. They'll, they'll lack flavor. It becomes harder to maintain the plant. It can, uh, uh, it can be diseased and, and impact the overall health of the plant. So we need to prune And to have a flourishing vine, it requires years of care. Building the right structures and supports. Cutting off the dead branches. So what's Jesus saying? What's he really saying? He's talking about sanctification. Sanctification. Now, sanctification is both a position and a process. 
It's a position uh, that, that God has declared you as righteous and holy. That moment that, that you followed Him, that the Holy Spirit entered into your life, you were cleansed by the Word, your, your former life was cut off. But it's also a process. It's an ongoing process as we continue to grow in holiness, as we continue to become more like Christ. You see, Jesus, he's not promoting some sort of uh, works-based salvation here. What he's saying is not contradictory to grace. Dallas Willard uh, helpfully said, Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. And Jesus, he'll tell us in John 15 that bearing fruit proves our discipleship to him. We don't earn our salvation, rather our efforts are evidence that we are united to Christ, that we abide in Christ. So what about you? What about your life? The areas that you need to prune. Maybe it's habitual sins or unhealthy rhythms or idolatries in your life. You see, as we enter this, ser- this series, we're going to do some, some hard work in our lives, some deep work on our souls. And some of you, you might feel like you're flourishing in your faith. You might feel like things are going really well and you're thriving and and praise God for that. But others here might not feel that at all. You might feel like you're stunted in your growth. You're not going anywhere. You're producing a bad crop. And others might feel like you're withering and you're dying. You know what? It takes discipline and pruning Sometimes it's going to hurt. I enjoy uh, running, and uh, I'm sure anyone who exercises or goes to the gym knows that physical discipline can hurt. (laughs) It can hurt. Physically, it hurts. We're going to do some work spiritually (laughs) in our lives over the next seven weeks with your relationship with Jesus. But one scholar, he he remarks on this and says, it is better to bleed than it is to be burned. It's better to bleed than it is to be burned. See, the purpose of, of pruning is to encourage growth. It's to encourage growth, to train the vine along the trellis, to to see it build uh, and bear more fruit, to see it flourish. And that's God's vision for you. He wants to see you flourish in Him. But the vine dresser might need to do some hard work on our lives. This leads to part three the crow. You know, one of the worst things about gardening is uh, things that you can't control, like the weather or pests. And uh, one of the worst pests that I've encountered in my garden are birds. 
Uh, more specifically, blackbirds. Anyone else have these in their garden? Yeah, these birds are so annoying. They come, whenever we plant something, they'll come and they'll dig out the ground. They'll pull out the seeds. They'll destroy the seedlings. They'll peck at the fruit. So what do we do? We want to protect our garden beds. So we put up bird nets to stop the birds from coming in. But you know, one of the worst birds of all is the crow. The crow. And uh, on a farm or in a vineyard, uh, they might try and net their fields. And if they can't, they'll put up scarecrows, literally to scare the crows away. But these birds, they are the enemy. They wreak havoc, don't they? They're scavengers. They'll, they'll, they'll eat anything that they can find. They'll eat a dead carcass on the side of the road, or they'll peck in your bins and pull out your rubbish. These birds will destroy anything. Well, Jesus, he tells a parable in Matthew's gospel, the parable of the sower. And uh, it's about a farmer who sows a seed. And one of the, the, uh, the seeds that he sows uh, in verse 4 says, As he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds, they came and devoured them. They devoured them. You see, in this parable later, Jesus explains that uh, the, the seeds are representing the word of God's kingdom. And the bird here is the evil one who seeks to devour, to snatch the seed and the fruit away. The crow in uh, this teaching series is representative of the enemy, the devil. And elsewhere in the Bible, the devil is described as a roaring lion ready to seek someone to devour them. So as we seek to build the trellis in our lives over the next seven weeks, we need to be aware of the enemy. The devil is going to want to come in and snatch the seed and snatch the fruit. So it's vital for us to beware of his tactics, beware of his schemes. And come together as God's church and protect the fruit. But we can have confidence, can't we, if we're united to Christ. In John 10, Jesus says that those who are united to him will never be snatched away. They cannot lose their union with Christ. They cannot lose being connected to Christ. But the evil one can snatch the fruit. So let me ask you, are you protecting the fruit? Are you protecting your fruit? Where do you need to put up bird nets or scarecrows in your own life? Maybe, maybe it's cancelling your, your, net, your Netflix uh, subscription so that you don't get tempted late at night. Or maybe it's meeting regularly with a Christian brother or sister to pray and to fight sin and put it to death. Or maybe it's tipping alcohol down the sink so you don't uh, get tempted. Or maybe it's memorizing God's Word so that you're prepared to, to, to stand up against the devil and resist him. Where do you need to protect the fruit? It takes some serious measures in our life, but it's important isn't it? We don't want to let the, the enemy get a foothold. To protect the fruit. And if you don't, then pay attention. Jesus has a warning in verse 5. 
Sorry, verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and they're thrown in the fire and burned. You see, Jesus is saying that those who abide in him, they must bear fruit. Those who do not abide in him will not bear fruit. Judgment is coming. It'll be gathered up and burned. If you, if you call yourself a Christian here today, then let me ask, is your faith genuine? Is your relationship with Jesus genuine? Do you truly abide in Him? Are you bearing fruit, even if it's just a little? Do you bear fruit? You see, God is one who assesses the fruit. It's not us. And even at times when you feel like maybe you're not bearing a lot, but you are. So let's use this series to, to grow more deeper, to, to, to grow and to bear more fruit and to flourish. And if you're not yet a Christian, then heed Jesus' warning here that judgment is coming. But you know what? That's not the end. Because He is loving he wants you to encounter His grace. He wants you to, to be connected to Him and for you to encounter and experience fullness of joy in Him. So turn to Him and abide in Him. As the band comes up, uh, I want to return to my garden. And uh, my garden, it's far from being finished. There's <laughs> still a lot of work to do. Uh, we want to put up more fences. We want to get a retaining wall and plant some grass and we want to uh, plant some trees. It's far from over. But my hope is that one day it's going to flourish. We're going to bear fruit. It's going to regain life and it's going to look full and green and colorful again. How about you? How's your garden going? How's your relationship with the Lord? Maybe you're in a season where you are flourishing in your faith. Keep at it. It takes discipline to continue that. Because there will be seasons where the enemy attacks. Maybe you are in a season where you feel like you're just withering away. Or maybe you're in a season where you need to be pruned. Or maybe you're in a season where you are under attack and you need to protect the garden, protect the vine, protect the fruit. Well, over the next couple of months... We're going to explore this further. We're going to have time and space for us individually, but also as a church, 
to grow in our faith and to flourish in Christ. But we need God's help, so let's turn to Him in prayer. Jesus, we thank You that You are God. We thank You that You are the true vine, that life, fullness of joy is found in You. Lord, help us wherever we are at with You. Whether we're struggling in our faith, whether we're flourishing whether we're not connected to you. I pray that this series, Lord, we would uh, give ourselves time to reflect on that and to grow, to see this vision that you have for our lives, that you want us to have a life that is flourishing and bearing fruit for your glory and for our joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, will you stand with me? Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.